Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin. I'm your host, Lockie, and I'm back by our popular demand of no one. Uh, so, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we, we didn't have many messages requesting me to come back, but you know what? I came back anyway, and Harps, you've been absolutely killing it the last couple of days, so I've got massive shoes to fill. And it's just been absolutely phenomenal, you know, watching and enjoying the Olympics the last couple of days. And it's one of the probably the benefits of working from home is just being able to watch the events and I guess being able to really enjoy it. That's a, such a great thing about it being over in Japan as well with the time difference and the fact that so many events are so accessible and can watch it at not crazy hours in the morning. And it's been just a crazy day. It's windy here, which is, uh, there was a few typhoons apparently over in Japan, which, uh, which gets me started on my uh, first moment. I'll review the uh today's play and the first thing i'm going to talk about is uh the surfing and it was a mixed day for the yurik kanji which is the name of the australian uh surfing team named after the uh the deadly jellyfish that you'll find up north with um owen wright winning uh the bronze medal defeating uh, uh gabriella medina in the bronze medal match and it was just a significant victory you know you could tell how much it meant to him the celebrations were mental and it was just a great surf by him you know it was really controlled as as he was throughout the uh whole olympics being super selective of his waves and uh yeah and it was just a riveting finish so just awesome victory particularly considering his injuries in 2015 in which he had to learn to walk again and surf so yeah i was absolutely stoked with that so that was probably that was probably my highlight of the day but then also i guessed on the flip side and while it was a mixed day for Aussie surfing with Sally Fitzgibbons uh, being knocked out in the quarterfinals and you could see the emotion in her voice and how disappointed she was she said after the uh the after the event and tears this was probably one of the worst losses she'd had in her career and yeah it was super disappointing to her she was one of the favorites heading into the event but was still super super proud of her and uh speaking of people that were um proud about in canoe slalom jess fox so after finishing first in a heat and first in a semi-final uh she won the bronze medal which is an absolutely incredible uh incredible achievement she actually had the fastest run of the final with about 102.73 seconds but with the inclusion of two penalties that ended up putting her behind ricarda funk who had a very clean run but still uh jess had one bronze which was just phenomenal um She's one of the best in that event, and she but she still has a chance for gold uh, later today uh, in her first heat for the uh, canoe slalom in the C1 event, which is the first time it's ever been included for um, women to compete in. So, and Jess was a driver behind that. So, yeah, it's another super exciting opportunity for her. And now we'll go back to the swimming. So, first off, so we have uh, Australia qualified for the 200 metre times. Uh, for final with uh, Alexander Graham, Mac Horden, great to see him out there competing, Elijah Winnington and Zach Inserti. Uh, super effort by them. Kyle Chalmers has also gone through the heats and made it to the 100-metre freestyle semi-final. So uh, he's defending his title in that and he had a great, uh, great run. In the women's 100-metre backstroke final, I know I was certainly watching it at work, so I hope my boss isn't hearing. <laughs> But uh, Kaylee McEwen won gold in that with a time of 57.47 seconds, which is an Olympic record. So awesome, awesome to bring another gold to uh, home to Australia. And in the men's 100-meter backstroke final, Mitch Larkin came seventh, but still superb effort just getting that far. 
Uh, in the women's 200-meter freestyle semifinals, Ariana Titmus uh, qualified first, so that she's backing up what she did yesterday, and I'm very excited to see her coach's celebrations in the finals tomorrow. I'm sure I reckon he'll be hiding out back rather than anywhere the uh, the cameras can can see him. And then we also have uh, Maddie Wilson also qualified eighth uh, with a time of 1.56 and 58 seconds. So with other sports today, so uh, badminton, so Australia won in both the doubles and the singles with uh, Wendy Chen winning 2-1 in her singles game against Bulgaria. So super stuff there. In the football, the Matildas drew uh, nil all with you America. I uh, can't, say, can't say I watched that one, so I won't give you too much in-depth sort of content there, but I'm sure the uh, the Matildas are a great medal chance for us, so hopefully they can pick it up and get a few wins on the board. And the Australian Kookaburras, I mean, after that scare against Japan, the number being the number one ranked team, you know, there was a lot of sort of outside noise, but after absolutely dismantling India on uh, Sunday night, they uh, took it up to Argentina last night, defeating them 5-2. So they're now 3-0 and just really on a great way of hopefully making a final. Uh, in the... <laughs> In the Rugby 7, so this was another sort of mixed day. So I think the aim of the team was just sort of to make the quarterfinals, which which they did. Despite the fact that they lost to New Zealand, they still finished third and made the quarterfinals, but then they lost to Fiji 19-0. But Fiji are what, the best team in the world. Uh, they're going to be a strong gold medal chance. So, yeah, so Australia shouldn't be uh, too upset about getting that colours lowered by such um, illustrious opposition. Finally, so we got the tennis and Jason Duckworth unfortunately lost in the second round, but still a massive fan of yours, Jason. And in the water polo, the Sharks lodged their first win of the games, the Australian men's team winning 11-8 over Croatia. And I'm sure my mate Harps might have a little bit more to say about that soon. And finally, so Bermuda, uh, they won their first ever gold medal with Flora Duffy winning the women's triathlon. So that's absolutely phenomenal effort from you guys. I, I think I've said phenomenal too many times. It must be my uh, my work of the day. I'll try to expand my vocabulary for the next time Harper gives me hosting duties. Although the way I'm going, I don't think I'll be granted them. I'm, str- I'm on struggle street here. And my, my moment of the day had to be Owen Wright winning bronze. You know, I, it's just such the emotion. And I think anybody, well, I don't know if many people have watched surfing before this, but it was that, it's actually such a tactic sport and it's just like the 30 minutes it's just exhilarating the whole time you know with the whole priority and trying to like when you have priority restricting the waves that your opponent can get to hold your lead like it was just phenomenal it was just I'm not going to say phenomenal again but it was just such a great watch so that was probably my highlight of the day and in the medal tally so we have uh, USA have nine gold and leading the pack which is closely followed by China and Japan Australia is currently sixth with three gold medals one silver and five bronze so doing awesome start to the games now next up is Harper who has a very special interview I'm not going to give him his name I'll let Harpy Harpy introduce him but he's one of the most knowledgeable knowledgeable people on water polo not currently in Australian setup he's really close to the current Australian team and I think this is going to be a great listening so I'll just uh, sit back and listen with you now, we have seen some awesome action in the pool for the Aussies in the last couple of days, and not just in the swimming, also in the water polo. And uh, we've got a great man onto the show today to talk all about that, Uga Mihailovic, his sister, Lena, a uh, friend of the show. She's playing for the Aussie Stingers, and his dad, uh, Predrag, is the coach of the Aussie Stingers. So, uh, got a bit of expert knowledge here on the show today. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, we'll get straight into the stingers, I reckon. Oh, actually, you know what? First, first, I've got a couple of listener questions. Uh, first listener question. So there were a couple of rules about water polo that people didn't really know. 
uh, people were watching mm-hmm. a bit of water polo throughout the Olympics. And the substitutes, uh, people noticed that people were going off, but then people couldn't come back on straight away. So why is that? So that's, that's a brand new rule that they've introduced recently. It's like a bit of a flying okay. substitution. So yeah. you can sub your player anywhere anywhere within your half on the outside of the line. So you, you'll have one player outside and you'll pretty much do a quick swap. So you touch your hands, go under and you go in. Uh, they've done that, I think, to speed the game up a little bit. So, you know, if you're, let's say, uh, traditionally, if you're, let's say, centre-back is uh, dead after swimming up and down the pool a couple of times, he will, you know, stop, swim out of the box, and then that attack is kind of gone. Now coaches had the opportunity to, you know, sneak them up. So you'll have your fast player on the halfway ready to go. You will have your centre-backs into halfway, and then you sort of just kind of play with that. Yeah, all right. Uh, cool. Hopefully that I explained it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they explained it well. Thanks, mate. And uh, the, we've got one other listener question. So, of course, the, all the Warpo players have got the caps, but then they've got kind of weird things over their ears. I've got no idea what they're for. Can you tell me? Yep, so they're quite like sort of solid plastic. So cap is just made of PB material yep. the, 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 that's kind of the protective cap for the ear. I think it just protects your ear from like punches, uh, ball, ball being thrown at you, you know, things like that. Pretty much just a protection piece. Mm, and it's okay. a must have. Yeah. You have to have it. If, for example, it breaks in the middle of the game, you have to go and change the cap. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, we've got to address a bit of a rumor that uh, Lena was spreading on her episode of the podcast. Uh, so she said <laughs> that uh, <laughs> uh, she uh, kind of rose uh, to higher kind of status in the world of water polo because uh, she had she had the commitment. You're always a talented player, but you didn't quite have the commitment to get to the top. Is that right? Yeah, I think she she said it quite right. I. Um no, look, to be at the level at which she is in and those girls, it is absolutely insane. Like, you have to be um, a very special type of character. You know, a lot of sacrifices, lots of training, they're not, you know, swimming every morning, every night. You have to be at absolutely amazing, uh, like, level of fitness throughout pretty much all year. There's no time in the year where you can just be like, I'm just going to relax and have a wild weekend. You just can't afford to do that. So yeah. Plus, so my shoulder injury that sort of has been lingering in, in past four years, it just didn't happen for me. So I just stayed at the national league level and enjoy watching her in the in the Olympic level. Oh yeah, yeah, it is awesome to watch the water polo at the Olympics, even for people who have no connection to it, like myself. But we'll talk a bit about those stingers first up. So they're second in their group at the moment, out of five teams. They've already played a couple games, eight five win against Canada, and then an awesome win uh, the other night, fifteen twelve against the Netherlands. So what did you make of those two results? Look, fantastic results. I think, uh, to be honest, I did not expect it to go this far so far and touch wood. You know, it, it, for me, it was a very, very big concern. The girls did not have an official game um, in the last two years. You know, meanwhile, in Europe, you know, you have your LEN, you have your European Cup, so your Champions League equivalent. You know, same similar to soccer, so the, the, the local leagues were still kind of happening. So a lot, lot of good games for the, you know, for the Dutch side especially. Uh, Canada managed to get, I think, a test series against USA um, before going to Olympics. So I think they had a bit of an advantage there. You know, for Australian girls, they were practicing against uh, Australian, I think, under 18 boys, I think. 
you know, throughout the two years, no real uh, sort of official game with proper referees, with proper setup, nothing like it for two years. It is unheard of. So going into the Olympics, that was one of my biggest uh, concerns. You know, I was thinking that a game against Canada could go either way, you know, where you don't have that feeling for the game. Uh, things can get out of control very, very quickly. And uh, good teams with a lot of experience can control that. And I was worried that this relatively new team might have that problem. But uh, I was wrong. So, you know, against Canada, it was really, really good to see, you know, especially on the defensive side. Like defense was spotless. It was simple. And Canadians never looked to be in the game. Um, attack was sort of, you know, sluggish. Bronte was fantastic in the first game. Attack was just a little bit sluggish. There is so much more potential. You know, you could see there's so much more that can happen. It just didn't quite click yet. But because of our very good defense, sort of attack just came. It happened. So it was it was a good win, you know, solid start. And, you know, to win the first game was just a massive relief, I reckon, for the girls. And then to go into the Dutch game, you know, I think the first two quarters will actually highlight what I'm talking about. So you could see in the first two quarters that sort of uh, the Dutch girls were all over Australians. That that was my feeling of the game, the way they were moving the ball. It was just quicker around the perimeter, finding shots, the finishing touch. They were just a touch above. And then as Australians sort of started gelling, getting used to the whole feeling, they just, you know, once it all sort of started clicking together and all the wheels started rolling, it, they were unstoppable, you know. And, and comparing to the Canada game, you know, we had a couple of players that were good, Defense was solid, but you can see the potential when everyone puts in the effort. You know, when as a team, we grinded the the, the hot Dutch team quarter by quarter. Even when we were down 8-4, which was really big surprise, we stacked the plan. We weren't rushing. We weren't trying to, you know, do one-on-one trick shots. We stacked the game plan, extra man. The girls trusted each other, and it was it was goosebumps. Honestly, I, I did not expect that. It was spectacular to see. And then you see, you know, Roby scores an amazing goal. You know, Zoe scores a goal. Abby, spectacular passes, scores the goal. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you know, you scored 10 goals in two quarters. Absolutely game-changing. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, four, four <laughs> goals down just on the verge of half time in that game against the Dutch. And they are a world-class team. I think they're like fourth in the world or something. And winning by three goals, just an awesome, awesome result. Tactical masterclass by your dad, I reckon. <laughs> awesome to see. Uh, but what, what do you reckon has made the girls so good so far? Like any particular like team strengths and key players that have stood out for you so far? Okay, in the, in the first game, I think Leah was spectacular in goals. Bronte stood up when, he, when the team needed it the most. But, you know, as a team, again, you, everyone did their little part to get the win. Um, against Netherlands or Dutch, whatever we call it. So I think it was the whole team. Like there was not, to be able to turn the game around like that, you need everyone to put an effort in. Everyone needs to do their part. You know, every little sub needs to keep going. And, and that is... It is one massive, massive positive that I take from that game, which I haven't seen in a long, long time. So, you know, everyone did their part. There was no, there was no, um, you know, let's say superstars. You know, we had everyone do their part and then everything just sort of clicked together. I mean, 10 goals in, in, in two quarters. And to be honest, when we were down by four, it looked grim. Yeah. I, I didn't see, I was looking at the game and I was like, this is not going to be pretty. And the next thing you see, wow. Yeah, unbelievable. So I think massive team effort, massive team effort. And, and that's the only way 
you know, you can turn the game around like that. Everyone just sort of clicked together and yeah, it was game on. Mm, yeah, that awesome to see. Like I said, uh, a couple more games left in the group to kind of, if we get good results in this, uh, it will kind of endure a good uh, quarterfinal matchup against Spain on Friday. They're, they're a good team. I think they bet South Africa like 29 to 4 or something, then South Africa on Sunday. Uh, a little preview for those games. How do you reckon the girls will fare? Okay, I think that's going to be a very, very, very tough game. Uh, you know, um, I have more faith now. Uh, I hope my dad's not listening. <laughs> I have more faith now <laughs> after after the, you know, after a really good game against Holland. Uh, Spanish, extremely experienced side, extremely experienced. They've got good shooters from outside, uh, good swimmers. Uh, you know, they, they, those girls played together for quite some time. It, it's going to be hard, but I think it's exactly what Australia need. You know, now we don't, uh, I don't think we sort of have the pressure. I would like to think that the girls don't have the pressure at the moment. You know, they've they've done their job in the group stage. Uh, it doesn't really matter for them who is going to be in the quarterfinals, whether it's going to be, you know, Russia, Hungary or China. I think it's it's much of muchness. If you want to go through, you have to beat one of them. So I think this is going to be a, a really, really good game to watch because, you know, the girls are going to go out there and enjoy it. It's going to be the biggest challenge in the last two years. And, and those girls got the lava challenge. You know, after all the training they've done, you know, they just want to go out there and, you, and you know, use that. And they, have, they haven't had that opportunity. So I think there is still a lot of unloaded potential there, just waiting to, 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 for us to see. So, yeah, it's going to be a big one. I can't tell who's going to win. You know, I'm hoping <laughs> for the best. But, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a very, very good game and a fantastic setup for, for the quarterfinals. Yeah, going to be very, very exciting, uh, especially if we get the win in that game and progress. But uh, Spain, of course, big powerhouse, the Dutch as well. Uh, America absolutely thrashed Japan uh, in the opener. So do you reckon those three teams, are there any others that are kind of going to rival Australia to go far and push for gold? Um, I think there is no rules, to be honest. You know, it, it can happen that anything like how do I say anything can happen you know Hungary Russia China any of those two teams can can really beat anyone we saw that you know China was playing 6-6 six, six, uh, uh, I think it was halftime against USA Ru- Russia and China was battling 18-17 big games uh, I think Russia and Hungary end up drawing so I think you know it's going to be a lot uh, physical fitness is going to be a big thing and obviously, you have to have a good game, you know. So it just depends. Everything has to click, and then things will work out the way they should be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this might be throwing you under the bus a bit here, put you on the spot. Uh, before we move on to a bit of Aussie Sharks talk, I want a prediction for where the Stingers are going to finish. And this might be the same answer, but a gold medal prediction for the women's tournament. Um, so what's the question? Where the Stingers are going to finish? Yeah, where the Stingers are going to finish and who's going to win the gold medal. Uh, I can't comment. Can't comment. <laughs> right. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, no, fair enough. No worries. Um, we'll move on to a bit of Sharks chat then. The Aussie Sharks, yeah, they got yeah. a good win just uh, earlier tonight uh, against uh, the Croatians, the Croatians' powerhouse. They've got players that are on like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just for playing water polo. They won 11-8, uh, but they lost 10-15 to Montenegro. What have you made of those two results so far? Uh, look, uh, first game against Montenegro, you know, it felt like uh, the Aussies had him in the bag. Montenegrins looked a bit slow, sluggish. But then 
I felt like Australians allowed them to come back in the game. Uh, you know, a couple of little mistakes. They didn't stick to the game plan. Things fell apart for them. Maybe they just sort of, you know, after being up a couple of goals, they just, I don't know, maybe they just seen the end too early. But then Montenegro came out sort of, and it looked like the Australians sort of just ran out of options. They were a bit gassed towards the end. Um, against Croatia, well, what a game. Um, Anthony on goals, absolutely spectacular. I mean, he saved everything. Croatians had no choice, uh, no solution, I should say. Um, you know, Croatians, uh, I was a bit disappointed. You know, the extra man was just, um, it, 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 it didn't look, it, it just looked clueless, to be honest. A bit brutal, but that's the way it looked. You know, the, the end shots uh, were poor, poor selection choices for someone who is so experienced as Croatia, which, of course, Aussies took it. That was a great opportunity for Australia, and I think, this is such a important win because there were so many times in the past the Australian men had advantage and they've lost it. And it felt like it was going that way, you know, when it was, I think, help me out, it was, you know, just before AJ made a penalty. So it was 8-7. Eight, eight, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was 8-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it got tight. And to be honest, I thought, oh, here is the standard, the usual, you know, we're winning and then we're going to lose. But they, again, they stuck to the game playing. Croatia didn't play too well. Australians had a fantastic game. Everything went in. I mean, shots from the corner, you know, hits to hand goes in. You, you have to take these opportunities. In the past, Australia didn't manage to capitalize on those opportunities, but today they did it. And they absolutely destroyed Croatia. This is going to be um, a huge confidence boost for them. Is the next game against Serbia? Help me out. Uh, yeah, next game against Serbia on Thursday, then Spain and Kazakhstan after that. Yeah, so you know what? Again, I, I think that now that they've won uh, against Croatia, I think that they can, you know, sort of breathe a little bit easier. You know, they're not going to fight for survival. They know that they are pretty much through now. I hope I don't jinx them, but I think I think that we can confidently say that they're going to go through the group stage. So now it's they have nothing to lose. Serbia is is tough opponent. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be hard. But you know, if if the game goes similar to the way it goes. Like today, they've got a chance, you know, a couple of things go their way. And, you know, if the Serbia doesn't have the best day, Anthony has another good game and it could be another win for Australia. And I think that was one of my predictions on what do you know when I was writing about Australia. I said against Montenegro that Montenegro is going to take the, the win. But as the tournament progresses, you know, Australians get better. And they always do that. In the past, they haven't been able to, you know, take the big wins. They've taken one today and who knows, like, you know, let's see how it goes. Bit of luck and bit of everything coming together. Could be could be some really big surprises. Mm. And I don't know if you can answer this one, but do you, where do you reckon the Aussies will finish in the men's side of things and gold medal prediction? You know, the, the beauty of our group, which is absolutely horrid for anyone involved, you know, you have the absolutely five powerhouses and then Australia who is, you know, always super fit, unpredictable, can win anyone. You have Kazakhstan, who is sort of up and coming. On the other side, you have sort of a little bit easier opponents. So, again, you know, and that's sport, like, you know, especially for Australia, you know, they're not favourites. So a couple of things have to line up for them. If they, you know, get, let's say, USA or, or Greece in the other quarterfinals, they've got a good chance. Hungarians... Uh, I think they struggled against Japan. Again, Hungarians play wild water polo. You know, if they're on that day, 
they will score everything if they have a bad day. They just it just won't go in for them. So there is a chance. I think if Australia just kind of sticks to this, plays well, another win maybe could be against Serbia, could be then in quarterfinals anything can happen. As long as they don't drop the ball now, they just have to keep their consistent. They have to you know feel that they can compete against everyone. And you can see once sort of they start gets get fired up. You know AJ gets fired up. Then you have Richie, a couple of fist, fist pumps going around. And it's game on. It's game on against everyone. So I hope they. I hope they do well. Yeah, awesome water polo analysis from you, mate. Uh, thanks very much for giving it to us. Really insightful. I learned a lot. But just before I let you go, I know you've got a uh, Taekwondo bout to watch, but we've got a bit of a, <laughs> a, a bit of a question that we put up on our socials to all our listeners, and we also put it to our expert guests. So I know you're an absolute gun at water polo, but what do you reckon uh, is the Olympic so from sport? <laughs> what do you reckon is the Olympic sport that you would be worst at? That's a very interesting question. Well, I think I'll be uh, very bad at most of those sports. I think per- perhaps shooting. I think I was watching today, um, watching the you know the air gun ten meters yep. today, and I, I think that there is there is no way I'm, I'm too um, too crazy for that. You know, I have to be so peaceful, so calm. <laughs> in in the zone, no emotions, nothing. It's just you and the target. What you think? The, the, yeah, there is no chance. No, I'm, I'm going to be missing the target by country mile. There is no, no I don't have the nerve for that. So I think uh, air gun, anything with that that requires you know to be sort of 100% focused and uh, sort of no emotion, very still, uh, it's a no go. So that will be probably one of the worst worst points. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Really, I think I'd be pretty crap at all of them. Uh, just before, before you go, any social media channels that you'd like to plug? Oh, look, um, you know, we um, – thanks for that, actually. Well, about a year ago, you know, me and uh, my friend Tom, we, we thought that water polo doesn't get enough, you know, media coverage, not in Australia. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, the, the general public doesn't know what the Australians think is and all the sharks are up to how the trainings are going you know lots of interesting topics how national league is run refereeing things like that and we thought we will start it as a bit of um just to, to promote water polo we got some really great interviews in the beginning uh, unfortunately as life gets busier you find less and less time to write things we still try to you know every time when there's an interesting story we try to put it up uh but yeah if you guys like some water polo chat and banter and some videos what do you know? You know, that's our little page, our news uh, tabloid for water polo. And yeah, that's it. And I think that's how we got in touch as well. I think I shared your story and then we started yeah. chatting about water polo. And yeah. Precisely. And uh, it's, yeah. it's also fantastic what you guys are doing. So um, awesome that you guys, you know, plugging in water polo in, in what you're doing. So it's, it's great for the sport. You know, the more we talk about it, the more hopefully uh, we get more people interested. And then, and that's what we need. Mm, yeah, honestly, I can say it's a sport that I'm really falling in love with the more I watch it and uh, falling in love with it even more uh, thanks to your bit of insight, which I really appreciate. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Well, th- thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Jeez, absolutely ripping interview halves. I could listen to you two talk about water polo all night, which I, which I have been in the editing. <laughs> and uh, true, to, true to form from myself, um, I f- forgot to uh, mention the Opals loss last night. So they lost to Belgium, which given that uh, Australia is the current number one 
number one ranked team in women's basketball. Not the greatest start to their campaign, but they still have a great opportunity, hopefully going forward, to get a few wins and still make it into the finals. There's still a great gold medal chance. Now we'll go on to the preview for today's event. So um, first up, so we've got Lucy Dalfour, first event for the Olympics in the K1. You can catch them at 2.50. And after watching Jess Fox, it's made me even more excited to watch Lucy and go at it. We also have Rachel Lynch, who's playing at 7.30 tonight at our Vest Japan. And just quick disclaimers, this is all showing Eastern Standard Time. And while we're on the issues of disclaimers, Harper does the editing, so I don't know why I said that before. And also Rachel, she was inducted as one of the five athletes as an Olympian for life for frontline work as a nurse during COVID in Perth. So that's absolutely phenomenal, Rachel. So only five people actually received that. And I think it's just a great show of the quality of person she is, not only on the field, but off it. So awesome stuff. And we also have Jason Waterhouse, who's uh, competing in the NACRA 17. You can catch him at 3.35 in the heat. So he's looking to back up his silver medal from the 2016 Games. In other events, so we have one of the biggest uh, biggest boxing matches. Only it's on, it's in the pool. It's uh, Titmus v Ledecky at uh, 11-11 tomorrow in the 200-meter freestyle final. So obviously they're starting to brew a nice little rivalry. So it's going to be good to see what the next chapter holds for those two. So super excited for that. And Ledecky's also competing in the women's 1500-meter final where uh, Australians Maddie Goff and Kia, uh, Kaya Mulverton will be in lanes one and eight for the final. So they'll be two more Australians to watch out for. Now we also have the soccer on tomorrow. So the Oluru's take on Egypt. So after pushing Spain and beating Argentina, they've been in great form uh, to start the game so far. And they're currently second in their group. They needed just one point uh, in this match against Egypt to progress to the next stage. The Boomers are also back, so they're taking on Italy at 6.20. Uh, Paddy Mills and Dante Exxon were superb in that first game against Nigeria, with Paddy Mills leading the way of 25 points. And with USA stumbling, uh, Australia's a massive gold medal chance. So uh, fingers crossed the boys can keep it up. Uh, touch wood. Uh, Italy's most dangerous player would have to be the Atlanta Hawks forward, Danilo Gallinari. So he, he's one to watch out for from the opposition. And in the rowing, uh, so Australian men's and women's are both competing in the four-man finals from 10.20 tomorrow. And the men's and women's, again, also competing in the quadruple skulls finals, which is scheduled to follow those other events from 11 a.m. Uh, the Australian beach vo- volleyball team is currently top of the pool, and you can catch them at 9.30 p.m. tomorrow uh, later tonight. And uh, Sky Nicholson, she continues on her medal dreams in boxing uh, in today's quarterfinal. So hopefully Sky can continue on and make it to one of the medal rounds. She's been doing absolutely phenomenal stuff so far. And that's all from me. So it's been absolutely awesome getting the opportunity to chat to you. And of course, I'll finish it off with our question of the day. So our question uh, for today is what event would be your worst? So what sport would be your worst Olympic sport? So I... For me, I definitely have uh, more sports that I'm bad at than I'm good at. But if I had to choose what sport would be my worst, I think it would have to be gymnastics. I just, I just don't have the uh, the balance for it. I don't, I don't quite have the uh, the coordination, and I'd just be useless at it. I would just make a right fool of myself, which is probably what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to wrap things right up. Thanks so much for listening in, and you'll be in the much more safer hands of Harper tomorrow night. I'm Lockie Gibbs, and I'm signing out on Tokyo Daily. Thank you.